Pastor's Dylan. So welcome to the branch. We're in the small room today and making some transitions. So if you weren't with us last week, we finished um, the Gospel of Luke. So we were in Luke for three years. Um, so if you've been with us during this, any of the last three years, um, you know that we've been going over the book of Luke and we finished it. So that's pretty awesome. And so um, I'm here this morning uh, preaching. Obviously, I'm not Gabe and... Um, as you can tell, my beard's not quite big enough, and uh, but, um, but yeah, so throughout the summer, right, we're going to see some different guys come up and get to preach. Um, I'll get to preach again, and there'll be some other guys coming up um, and getting getting some reps and stuff. So I think we hear from Peter, I believe it's next week, and then Daniel in two or three weeks, and then, so yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, but so, th- so what we're doing today, we're starting the Attributes of God. So we're doing a summer series over the Attributes of God. Um, and today is more of the introduction, setting a foundation, hopefully, uh, for that series. So that's kind of the goal or the purpose uh, this morning. But, um, oh, also, happy Mother's Day. Um, it is Mother's Day. Um, my wife made sure that I put that in there, and it is highlighted on my notes. So I didn't, <laughs> before I forget and continue on and get all excited, happy Mother's Day. We're all thankful for all of you. So, um, so I know we just prayed, but um, I would like to pray again just so I calm down a little bit and ask God for help. So let's pray. Uh, Father God, uh, thank you for this day. Father, thank you for this opportunity to come up um, and share what you've put on my heart. And Father, I just pray that you will move in our hearts and our minds, that you will remove distractions and barriers and uh, various things that's uh, maybe pulling us away from you. Um, and Father, I just pray that you will help us um, behold your glory um, and that as we behold your glory, we will be transformed to the image of Christ. Um, Father, I just pray that you will help us see that, you help us understand how, how that works, and then just prepare our hearts um, for the message this morning, and then also just for the, the summer series of the attributes of God um, as we move into that. Father, please do with me, and just help me speak, um, and just help me move through this, and I just pray that your spirit will move in us and through us, um, that you'll be honored and glorified in all that we do. We love you, we praise you, thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So the first part of what we're about to go over is three hurdles, three potential hurdles that we could have while we go over the attributes of God. So as we kind of get ready to go start the attributes next week, there's three, I think, potential hurdles that can kind of get in the way um, of us studying that and learning about it as we go through each week. So the first one is just the general question of can we know God, right? I mean, God is infinite. He's glorious. He has no limits or bounds. It's, uh, Carlton says from Tozer, right? No limits or bounds. Um, so can we really study God, right? Like that's, he's just so big, so grand. We're finite, our brains are small. Like, can we really do that? And my proposal is, yes, we can. Um, so um, Dr. Aiken is the professor of Southeastern Seminary, and he continuously um, says this. We cannot know God fully, but we can know him truly cannot know God fully in the fullest sense, right? But we can know him truly because he has spoken to us in his word, because he has brought Christ, right? We, we can know him truly and faithfully. Um, and so that kind of is the goal as we go through the different attributes of God and teach through that, that um, yes, we're not going to be able to cover it in its full um, expanse of what we can know, but then we also can't cover it in its entirety either because God has no limits or bounds. Um, so, but we can know him truly and faithfully, and that is our goal for the series is to do that. So that's the first, uh, the first potential hurdle that can kind of get in the way. The second one is um, 
kind of, so we're going to cover the attributes individually. Like we're going to cover his mercy and his wrath, his holiness, um, his knowledge, um, his justice of God, like all the different things, right? We're going to go through all the different attributes, or not all of them, a lot of them. Um, and so a, a potential uh, pitfall that we can come into is isolating each one and forgetting that they all make up God as a whole, right? So as we cover his holiness, God is perfectly holy, and that's, we can teach through that and see how he's holy, but when we step over and say, well, God is also sovereign, right, like another attribute, then both of those are working perfectly together, and they make up who God is as a whole, as his being as God. All his attributes work perfectly. Does that kind of make sense? It's kind of like on a salad, right? You can see the bacon and the croutons and all the different things, right? You can see them, but this is that's about as far as analogy goes as you can see them, right? Don't take it too much further. It's not very good, but <laughs> I've wrestled with this the whole time. You can see the attributes, but stop there, and then they just perfectly make up and come together, right? It's, it's about impossible to come up with anything to communicate truths that we don't understand from God, right? Because he's so grand and great. So anyway, stop there. Don't go any further, but we can see him, we can teach through him, but he make up a perfect whole who is God, and he's perfectly all those things at once, right? And one of the um, kind of areas that this, that this people get in trouble with in this particular aspect is, you know, God is love, right? Which is true and is great. The Bible says that is awesome. But some people will take that and elevate it to an unhealthy level and put it up here and then put everything else kind of below it. All the other attributes kind of its own little thing that is unhelpful and, un and unhealthy and unbiblical, right? So he is love, absolutely, he is perfectly loving, uh, but he's also perfectly holy, perfectly just, not in, et cetera, right? So be careful not to elevate them as we go through and teach through them because God is perfectly whole all the time. Does that make sense? Okay, um, so next, next and last one, then we'll, we'll move in uh, to sermon. So this is, might be the biggest one. So, um, pragmatism has moved into the church, uh, kind of meaning um, a lot of, I'm not saying here specifically, just across the board, uh, because we, we desire to have direct practical application, right? We want to have steps and things that we can do, which is good, and we need that. Um, but one of the things that can get in the way of that is if we prioritize that too much, then we neglect the deep and rich doctrines of God and things that are difficult to comprehend and sometimes theoretic theoretical we can see and it's sometimes difficult to bring down to have it tangible right we want the tangible and that is good but a lot of times what we need is internal heart transformation from the inside which comes from rich theology rich doctrines of god scripture all that changes from the inside and then the practical things make it all like that comes naturally then does that make sense so kind of where I'm going with that is as we go through these attributes, right, a lot of times during these sermons that are coming may be kind of like kind of heady, kind of very deep, and just kind of like, okay, I'm trying to wrap my mind around this, and that's good. Uh, there should be practical application, obviously, but, but sometimes we need, the application of a sermon needs to be behold the Lord your God, right? Um, and so that, there's a potential for that throughout the summer, and that is good for us to be transformed internally. Um, so that's the last one. So Yep, um, totally lost my spot on where I'm transitioning from. I got really excited there. Okay, um, happens all the time, right? Um, yeah, I have some like red notes or whatever, but okay, so there's a quote by C.S. Lewis uh, that I think should be on the screen um, that I would like to read and then we'll transition to our text. So maybe it's on the screen. Can't do that. There it is. Okay, 
So C.S. Lewis, it says, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires uh, not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joys offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. This applies in a lot of ways, but when we have that what's in front of us, right, things that are tangible, practical, whatever, like it's here, that we can understand and touch and feel and it feels good, but infinite joy is just a one step further, right? Like the comp- it is difficult for the child, right, to comprehend a day at the sea, but when it makes the effort and expands and thinks and ponders what glory is there to find, right? Like it's pretty great. Like so it's, it's that working working through that, and so hopefully we'll do that this summer and uh, move on. So uh, with that being said, and kind of somewhat of a lengthy introduction, uh, if you will turn with your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Um, so if you don't have a Bible, we have some in the aisles. Uh, we would love for you to turn uh, turn to there. If you don't have a Bible, you feel free to take one with you. Um, it's yours to keep. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, so this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church. Um, the second time, or I think third, because one didn't get published or something, but second one that we know about, and um, yep, so we're picking up in verse 18, and so 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, and we all, with an unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I'm going to read that one more time, so we can kind of soak it up, and we all, the we here, I'm going to, is believers, as believers, so that's important to understand. With unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So like I said, it's important to understand who this is referring to, right? So it, the we is believers. We can see that from the earlier verses in the text. We can also see it from the fact that they have an unveiled face, right? So the only way that you get un, an unveiled face or the um, barrier you could think of between you and God, right? The only way that is removed is through Christ. Okay, so that's kind of what that's getting at is that separation that we have because of our sin from us and God is removed. So unveiled faith because we're believers is removed because we have put our faith in Christ, our saving faith that he came and he died. He lived a sinless life, um, atoned for our sins, and we are placed our faith in him and his righteousness is imputed to us. Right, so that's kind of how we were wrapping our minds, like who this, who was the audience here, um, and then the last part of it, right? It says, "For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit." So every every believer, everybody who's ever put their faith in Christ, has the Holy Spirit in them. Um, so that's another indicator of who we're talking about. So, right, so it says, "Beholding the glory of the Lord," beholding, beholding the glory of the Lord. So it's like, what is that like? Beholding, right? So to behold something is to to gaze, to fix your eyes on, to observe, to focus on, to you can say lift up, essentially. Um, and so when you do that, right, when you behold the glory of the Lord, you are being transformed into the same image, right? You are being transformed into the image of Christ, in that case, when you behold the glory of the Lord. And so Hopefully what we're going to continue to do is see, like, okay, how does that work, right? So we're, we're beholding God, we're gazing, we're fixing our eyes, we're focusing on Him, and we are being transformed into that same image, the image of Christ. We can also call it sanctification, kind of a 
bigger church, we're about to start sanctification, we're being transformed into who Christ is by focusing, gazing, beholding the glory of God. And so kind of the goal, like kind of where this fits in to the sermon series, right, as, as we go through the attributes of God, we're gonna, we are, Lord willing, going to behold the glory of the Lord each week as we praise Him and go through His attributes that are perfect and great and glorious. Right, so, and in doing that, and we should be hopefully doing this throughout the week too, but, but in the sermon, like, Focusing, beholding the glory of the Lord and being transformed into his image. Like as believers. That that is that is our goal. Um, yeah, so it's so when you think about beholding, right, you can think of it from a lot of different perspectives and kind of bring it down to like what does that look like in life? Like so like if you behold health, right? If you put health, you want to get healthy and you behold that and you're looking at it like I want to get healthy, then you start to make changes, right? You you behold like I want to be healthy, so I'm going to eat healthier, I'm going to work out or whatever. Um, and then that starts to occur, and then change occurs, right? Because you're focusing on health. You're focusing on something. Um, and you can then start any other things, starting a career, and, like, your focus has kind of changed on trying to get ready for that. And those things are good. Like, that's when in its right place, right? We're beholding and tra- being transformed. Same thing here. This beholding the glory of the Lord needs to be our prime, our main focus, right, that is ultimately transforming us into the image of Christ. So, so how do we do that, right? That's kind of the, the big question. How do we do it? Um, so there's, um, we focus on two, two ways. There's, I'm sure there's more, but we're going to focus on two that um, are hopefully helpful for all of us. So how do we behold the glory of the Lord, right? The first um, is digging into his word, right? Which I know is straightforward, but we're going to get into a text in a sec. Digging into his word, right? Digging with a shovel, which is hard work, right? Where's your hands out? tiring, sweat a lot, like, at least I do. So, right, digging, digging into the Word. God's glory is radiated throughout his, the Scriptures. Like, God's glory radiates and shows that he is, that the Scriptures prove themselves as the Word of God in themselves as we read and just look and ponder and meditate on them. So, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. as y'all are turning there and just kind of pondering and thinking on this as far as digging into the word, right? We can't be transformed into the image of Christ. We can't behold the glory of God if we don't know who God is. We, we can't be transformed into something we don't even see or don't even know what that is. We're going to be transformed into whatever else we put there, right? And the way that we do that, God has spoken in his word. It's literally his word and that we can read and be sanctified in. We have to dig and get in. So, Proverbs chapter 2, uh, this is Solomon right, writing to his son. Um, Proverbs chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1. Uh, before we start, actually, um, an important thing to note when you, when you read Proverbs is to understand that the wisdom is, like Jesus is the wisdom of God. So think you can use those kind of interchangeably in Proverbs because Jesus is the wisdom of God. Just as he is the word of God, we see in John 1, so he is also the wisdom of God as well. Um, So, Proverbs chapter 2, starting in verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. 
Solomon here is, is kind of in the beginning of, of Proverbs, in the second chapter, he's, he's pleading with his son, right, to pursue the wisdom of God, which, again, wisdom and Christ are synonymous here, so pursuing, for us, it means pursuing Christ, right, in his word. Um, so notice the, the terms that he used, right? Treasure his commandments. Seek it like silver. Dig for it as for hidden treasure. Right? If I told all of you that there was a bucket of gold hidden somewhere in this building that was worth $40 billion, right? some infinite amount, whatever, and I was like, all right, fair game, finders, keepers, go. Why are y'all still sitting here? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, yeah, I don't actually have that. Um, but right, if we did, I know y'all are surprised, but uh, anyway, um, well, tough crowd. So um, it's fine. Now, um, yep, lost my thought. Everybody's going to get up. If it was actually a real thing, everybody knew it, it wasn't a joke, like, you're going to get your honey up and you're going to go run and tear this place to pieces trying to find that gold, right? You're going to dig for it like treasure. You're going to seek it like treasure. You're going to seek it like there's silver or gold or something hiding around that you're wanting to find, right? That is, that is how we are supposed to be with the scriptures, right? That is, which I know we all I struggle with that. I'm going to be honest, but that is the goal, right? That is the goal is to seek the scriptures, seek the commandments, seek the wisdom of the Lord in Christ relentlessly, as if it's silver or gold or hidden treasure or something that all of us are going to want to go find, right? We should all want to, to find the gold, right? It's not on the other side of the rainbow, but, um, so yeah, so we are treasures, commandments, which are the very words of God. Uh, when you desire God and treasure him above all things, you behold him, right? When you treasure, what you treasure, you lift up, right? If you treasure something, you desire something, you lift it up and you behold it. You look for it. It's the goal. You're moving towards it, right? If you treasure and desire to, to have a solid career and to do well, which, again, is a good thing, you're going to look at the goal and you're going you're gonna to go after it, right? You're going to seek it. You're going to go after it. How do I do that? Same thing here. We want to behold the glory of God, right? We want to be faithful in our obedience to Christ and love him well. We're going to behold him, lift him up, and dig into the scriptures. Dig. And I know there's a lot of people in here that's like, bro, like, I don't like to read. Like, reading is like the absolute worst thing ever that, you know, like, I don't like to read. Landon's like fist pumping back there. Um, so, yeah, right? I understand that. Like, not everybody wants to read. We're all made differently. We all have different things that we enjoy to do and things like that. But I, but I still want to press in a little bit on that. Like, you may not have to read books upon books every year or anything like that, but, but God has spoken in his word. And we are called as believers to read and to dig and to study and to know him and love him. And in doing that, we're, we're going to behold him and be transformed into his image. So even if you don't like to read, that's, that's okay. But we still want to press in a little bit and say at least read the word and, and dive in and move through um, because it is rich, it is nourishing, and we need it as believers to be sustained throughout life. Right? Um, John Piper has this kind of quote about, about reading and about things like this. So he says, um, when you rake, you get leaves. But when you dig, you find diamonds. When you rake, you find leaves. When you dig, you find diamonds, right? When you rake, you're just you're kind of scratching the surface, kind of not really going deep, not really doing much. When you're, you know, reading things or not reading or whatever, that's, that's light. But getting into the Word and diving and digging and working and toiling um, with the Scriptures, right? You're digging, you're going to find diamonds, like diamonds that are going to change your life and transform you from the inside out. 
it's harder. It's hard work. Like digging is much harder than raking. Raking, you can kind of just flop it down and like drag it across the ground, you know, like when you start getting tired. Digging, you still got to keep putting your foot down and like moving the dirt or whatever. You know, it's, it's not fun. Like nobody likes to dig, right? But, but we're called to do that. We're called to, we're called to dig and to toil in scriptures. And the other part too is when we read things that are difficult for us, uh, things that are hard, things that are uh, maybe above our reading level or something, and we have to really work with it. Um, it's, it literally expands like your ability to think and comprehend and ponder things. Like it literally, as you work and like, you have to maybe read it again or something like, and work through a difficult text, whether it's scripture or, or a book about something, it, it literally expands your mind and, and helps you grow in your ability to ponder and think which is going to help you in your walk with God, being able to comprehend the attributes of God, being able to comprehend different scriptures and things that you read. Um, it is going to push you. It is hard. Like I said, it is digging. It is work. Uh, but all of us are challenged in some way in reading. Um, but it's going to help us in our walk, ultimately. So that's, the, that's kind of the first one. So second is tied to this one is that of meditation. So if you will turn with me to Psalm chapter 1. First Psalm. So Psalm chapter 1 and Psalm 119, which is the longest psalm, both are um, lifting up the scriptures, lifting up um, the glory of God in the scriptures, and both of them. Uh, so he's starting it off, the psalmist, and as well as the, the longest one later on, are both lifting up the glory of God in the scriptures and elevating them to a high level. So before we read that as you're turning there, what I'm getting at with meditation, right? So if we are digging and we find the diamond, like w- what do we do with that? So we're digging, we found something in the scriptures, we're seeking the glory of God, right? We found it, we found something, you know, something that God has shown us or taught us. What do we typically do with it? I know for me, a lot of times I'll take it and be like, this is awesome, and then sit over here. Because life is busy, we have work and various other things going on. It's like, cool, and I like this, this is awesome, God, but like, I got a lot going on, I need to sit this over here and busy, your mind is, is racing and doing work or doing different things, that's hard to think about. And that's, that's understandable. Um, right, but meditating is that coming in to it and taking it and not just sitting it down, taking time to ponder, to think, to turn it over multiple times and, and look at it and think about it, ponder and pray over it, to let it soak in, right? One of my struggles with, with, with God or with worship, right, is, is I, like to, I do like to read and, and things and a lot of times that goes to my head, and I get head knowledge, but then it doesn't trickle down to my heart. And, like, for me to worship, like, it needs to be my head and my heart, like all of us. It needs to be my whole, like, the whole being needs to be in worship. Um, and so I gravitate towards the head, right, towards reading and different things. But even here, like, I, I don't meditate all the time. A lot of times I'll learn something and then keep moving and then don't let it. So then, I, so then it's not trickling down, right? It's not trickling down. It's not changing me. It's just kind of getting washed by, right? Because life is busy. We all have a lot going on. Like, there is a lot happening. But one of the things we can do with that, with, and we'll read the scripture in a sec, one of the things we can do with that is when we drive, like if you have a commute of any kind, like, you can literally turn the radio off or podcast off, sit in silence. You could pray, and then you could also just ponder, like, and think, like, okay, what did, what attribute do we cover on Sunday? Or maybe what did I read my devotion? Or something, and then just kind of think about it and turn it over in your head. Like, that's one practical way that we could do this is to think about things, um, even if you're, you know, busy and struggling. But if you're driving, all of us typically drive somewhere, you can turn it off and, and think. Uh, but let's, with that being said, let's, 
read. So Psalm 1, we're going to read starting in verse 1, and we're going to read 1 and 2. So Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. So important distinction here. The word law um, in the original text, like it, it means all of Scripture. It's not just the law, or like law of Moses. It's comprehends all of so the whole scriptures here um so that's um, important for us to to understand in this but right so he meditates day and night like again i know like i don't i, I don't do that like i know like it's, it's it's hard like with the things going on but that's that's kind of the goal that's what we're working towards is meditating on the things of the lord and in doing that we're beholding his glory right we are beholding we're looking at it we're thinking we're pondering on whatever it is and in doing that we're being transformed on the inside we are being transformed in the image of christ we are moving towards that as we meditate and toil and think over um, and meditate on, think over and delight. And as we do that, we will start to delight in the scriptures. I mean, a lot of us, maybe again, might not like to read, but as we do it, as we think on it, it's going to internalize more and we are going to be changed. It is a gradual process. It's our sanctification, big word, transformation towards Christ is going to be our whole life. Nobody ever reaches that until the next life when we're glorified. So it is a long process. Will it be 150? 150 years of transformation. Like you might need a lot more time or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, um, but we'll see. Apparently the, the projected like, gro- or not growth rate, birth, not birth rate. What I'm thinking of the wrong rates. Projected life expectancy. There you go. Thanks, Carlton and Bryson. So yes, life expectancy has turned south on America uh, recently. So I guess we have less time for our transformation. So I don't know. But we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Um, you know, hey, we'll be with Christ quicker, I guess, which is good and great. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, yeah, so meditating, right? So whether it's what you're reading in the scriptures or sermon or whatever the case, just take your time and ponder. Think as you drive, as you mow the lawn or whatever. Uh, like again, like kind of going back to what I was getting at, a lot of times I get in overload mode and then I don't have anything trickling down. But a lot of that's because I don't, turn off the radio I put on oh I need a podcast or oh, I need music or I need this and like so I just keep filling but then it's just like overflowing everywhere and nothing's actually sticking and staying and changing does that, does that make sense so like I, I have to work on this just as much as anybody uh, but it is helpful when when you do so moving on uh, I've got excited again so yep all right so two reasons we don't right so there's I'm going to go over two reasons why we don't behold the glory of the Lord, some things that kind of get in our way um, and hinder us from doing it, right? Like I said, we're called to behold the glory of God and do all of the things that we just discussed, but it is difficult. We struggle. We are sinners. Um, so there are things that get in the way. So we're going to talk about that briefly, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. So the first one that we're going to talk about is the battle over, like, idols, battle over our hearts and the things of this world. So if you, if you have your Bibles, which hopefully you do, um, turn to Romans chapter 1. So again, Romans, we're reading a lot of Paul today. Paul wrote the epistle to the Romans. Um, He's describing God's wrath and sin and a lot of other difficult doctrines in this particular chapter. I'm not even going to attempt to summarize it because I won't do it justice. But um, Romans chapter 1, and we we will pick it up in verse 19. So Romans 1, 19. 
For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and creeping things. Let's do that one more time. That's kind of a chunk. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but it became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and creeping things. So there's a lot going on here, and I'm, I'm not even going to attempt to address every bit of it, but the end of it, right? Look at the last. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, creeping things. Now, our society doesn't really lift up creeping things and worship them, right? A lot of societies did back in Israel's day. Because in Israel, right, they would move through the land. There would be the surrounding nations were pagan nations that had all kinds of interesting ideas on religious things that they did. And Israel continuously fell into that. They continuously brought those things in, and then God would bring judgment and then correct it, right? So the things going on around them, affected them, right, and they brought it into their lives, which they weren't supposed to do. So in their case, it was lifting up animals, creeping things, and various idols and different things like that. For us, right, that means lifting up various things, uh, but to an unhealthy level. So entertainment, you know, desire for a family, um, desire for career success, wealth, sex, anything, right? All of those things. Wanting to just be um, safe, wanting to have comfort, wanting to just have material success, uh, any of those things, right? And a lot of those things are good in themselves, but it's when we lift them up too far, when we exchange God's glory and we'll put something else on that pedestal and behold that instead of the glory of God and put that way too high on our priority list, which all of us, include, like I struggle with doing that too, like hands down, it's hard because we are saved from the power of sin, but we are not yet saved from the presence of sin, right? Sin doesn't have, as believers, sin doesn't have the power over us, but we are still in the presence of it. It's still around us. It's still affecting us. We are still sinners, right? So it is challenging to do the things we talked about, right? To behold the glory of God, to read the scriptures, to dig, to do these different things, where our heads continuously want to turn and to look at other things. A lot of times are good, but we elevate too high, right? We turn away from the glory of God and exchange it out for, insert, whatever it is that we struggle with. It is, it is difficult, right? That's some of the challenges that we have to look for and, and being self-aware of, of ourselves to be able to start to see those things, like w- to know what, what it is so you can start to fight it with the Spirit and with the Word. Because if we don't know it, if you can't see something, you can't fight it. A lot of the army guys will say, if I can't see it, I can't kill it, right? It works here too. Like, you can't see it, you can't kill it. So we've got to see it first, right? Put your, put your night vision on, right? You know, your thermals, and you're going to see it, and then shoot and kill it, like. Do that with your sin. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to see it first. Um, that was not in my notes, but 
Hopefully that was effective. But uh, yeah, yeah, I like it. Hey, Army, Army chaplain in training, right? Um, yeah, I know you are an infantryman, but you know, one day, right? Uh, maybe, perhaps. So, so yeah. So to wrap this one up, right? The different things going on in life that we all have turn our heads from the glory of God, but we have to turn from those things and stop staring at it. Realize that hey, like I messed up. Repent to God for that. But then we have to turn our head back, right? We have to turn our heads and not just keep staring at it like, dang, I sinned. Sorry, God, but I'm still staring at it. Like, no, quit beholding that. You repented, so look to God. Look up over here. Behold him. Behold his glory, and then keep going. Uh, we'll see some, another example of that here in a sec. So the next one. So the next um, way or reason that we don't behold the glory of God is we have a limited view of eternity. Limited view of eternity. Uh, if you have Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. So again, Paul. Good old Paul. Writing to us. So, we are getting distracted, right, from the idols, and now we're shifting to, we're not looking to eternity, right? So that's what we're about to, about to focus on. So, Philippians 3.13. Pick it up, verse 13. So, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God and Jesus Christ. Straining forward. He's leaving it behind, right? He's leaving, in this case, in context, he's leaving his past achievements in Judaism and life behind. He's also leaving behind his failures as a Christian, his sins and different things that's going on. Um, he's leaving that behind, he's repented, and his eyes are focused on Christ. Christ is in eternity at this point, right? His eyes are on Christ, he's looking ahead to what is to come. We are citizens of heaven. Like, yeah, sure, our citizenship, we're Americans, but our citizenship, true citizenship is in heaven, not here. We're just passing through. We have to keep our eyes on Christ, which is ultimately in eternity, and to what is to come. And beholding the glory of the Lord, then all the little things going on, like we talked about last with the Romans 1, like those things are going to seem so small, and it's going to be so much easier to, yes, do some of those things in a, in a good sense, but then not elevate them to a high degree because you're beholding the glory of the Lord and looking to eternity, looking to what is to come in the next life, and not focusing on right now solely. Straining forward, what is ahead with the goal of Christ, looking ahead at Christ. So Dr. Aiken, again, quoting him, um, he had a lot of great things to say, but he, he went on a mission trip to Southeast Asia a couple years ago, and they were, it's a close country, I don't know which one, but it was a close country, they were, the Christians there were heavily persecuted, and, su- and there was a lot of suffering, Barry just had a hard life there. Um, so he was there with a team, and with missionaries on the ground, and they were doing uh, pastoral training. So they were training some of the local guys that they had raised up and they become believers to be pastors in their local context. So they came from all over. Um, and so he was there and he was just kind of doing kind of a Q&A and getting to know the guys. And he asked them, he's like, what, what books of the Bible do y'all, do y'all gravitate towards? Like, which ones do y'all kind of, y'all go to, you know, regularly, and, um, maybe in your devotions or teaching in general? And, you know, he was kind of assuming, you know, maybe the book of John, like the Gospel of John or Romans, something like that. Uh, which is kind of what I would probably guess too, but that's not what they said. They said Revelation and Daniel, pretty much unanimously. That kind of blew my mind. I was like, 
I blew his too, according to what he was when he was telling the story. It was like Revelation to Daniel. Like, have y'all read that? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's pretty pretty difficult. It's great. Don't get me wrong, but that's just not what I that's not what I expected either. But they said, but like, but we look at those, we study those because they remind us and help us look to what is to come, because what is to come is far greater than where we're at right now. Like I said, they have suffering, persecution, life is difficult. For them, what gets them through all the hardships of life that they have, and that we have our hardships here too that are different, what gets them through that is looking ahead to what is to come. And so they study those texts, study Revelation, study Daniel, study the other texts that pointed to what is to come and to help us see that. And that is what got them through, which, again, like I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing, and I don't do a good job of that at all, of looking ahead. I'm... It's very easy for us to think, oh, five, ten years, you know, what are we going to do? What is my career path? You know, like, when are we going to try to have kids? And, like, what is my degree going to be? You know, like, whatever the case may be. And then, which is good, and we should do that. But we should also lift our eyes up and actually look at what is to come. And that's going to change everything. And behold the glory of God, right, and be transformed. Because that is what we are going to be glorified in the end. So, as we transition to land the plane, the weight of eternity stands before us, and we must behold the glory of God so that we are transformed in the image of Christ and ultimately glorified in heaven with the Father. We have to behold the glory of the Lord and be transformed in the image of Christ every day. And hopefully, Lord willing, as we do this and go through this series of the attributes of God, that we will, we will do this. Hopefully every week we will behold the glory of the Lord. We will learn about him, who he is, and those attributes throughout the summer. And we will just get to know him and hopefully love him more, uh, all the more through that. Behold his glory, seek his glory, to go after him. Hopefully that will lead us to wanting to go into the scriptures and read, even when we're busy and life is hard and we have a lot going on, to know him and love him more. And in, again, in doing that, beholding his glory. We are going to have distractions, but we have the spirit that is in us that is transforming us. We can persevere to the end and do that. So one of the kind of the last last thing before we go into communion. Uh, so MCs this summer. So we're all having MCs that are regularly going to meet this summer um, and, and have kind of a schedule going on. And instead of doing a like teaching session over a book or things like we've been doing, we're switching it up a little bit and we're going to do more of a discussion based um, time for the teaching nights that are based on the sermon from the previous week. So like I'm going to write up a couple questions and send out MC leaders for this week to go over this one and to get us ready hopefully for the attributes. And then each week as we go through the attributes of God, we're hopefully going to discuss and learn so that way we can go deeper. Because like I said earlier, right, we're not going to be able to cover everything in 40 minutes, everything that we can know, right? Um, but hopefully, so in MCs, we can go a little deeper and study and talk with each other as we ponder and meditate on the things that, that, we, that we learn. Um, to help us grow as a community, right, and to help us learn and synchronize and bring things together and be changed. So that is hopefully a tangible way that will help all of us uh, to, to really soak this up and to learn it and internalize it. So as we transition, we're transitioning to communion. Uh, so we're about to take communion. Um, this is, you know, for us believers, a special time as we, as we break the bread, right, as we break, go back and break the bread that we are beholding the glory of the Lord, lifting up Christ and what he's done on the cross for our sin, uh, that he did pay the ultimate price, right? that he came and lived and died for us. He atoned for the sins and died the death that we deserve so that we could live and be with the Father for eternity, eventually, 
Right? That is what is to come. And so this is a special time for us as believers to do that and to take it in remembrance of him. And then for, again, non- if there's any non-believers in the room, we're so glad that you're here, but we respectfully ask that you um, just allow us uh, this time to, to, to take communion and that you refrain from it. If you have any questions, we'd love to talk to you. be in the back. Um, but with that being said, let us pray. Father God, thank you for this day. Um, Father, thank you for this time that we were able to spend together and go over your word and go over just beholding your glory. Uh, Father, I know that's, that's difficult for all of us. I know that's hard, that life is difficult. Um, all the different things that we have going on, the distractions, the idols, the sins, keeping our eyes off of eternity, all these different things, they are difficult and they are hard. But Father, you have sent the Holy Spirit to us to empower us, to give us the strength uh, the same power that raised Christ from the grave dwells within all believers. And Father, you've spoken in your word, too. This, I, I just pray that you will help us. If we're struggling to read God's word, um, and we're just struggling to get in there and, and to dive in, or maybe we become a little apathetic towards it or something, I just pray that your spirit will move in us and through us uh, this morning to help us to see and to want to dive in, to delight in the scriptures, to meditate on the scriptures as we drive and go different places and sometimes just maybe slow down a little bit from our lives and just actually think and ponder the things of you, the things that you've given us, the things that you have said. And Father, ultimately I pray that for all of us that we will behold the glory of the Lord, that we will as we go through this series and as we go through these different topics that are kind of, that are difficult a lot of times because we were talking about your great and infinite holiness uh, and many other things that I can't even comprehend. But Father, again, we love you, we praise you, and I just pray that you will move, it, move in us and through us and help us behold your glory and be changed into the, transformed into the image of Christ. We love you and praise you and thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.